Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. She was Barbara Cleary on Fair City, presented Artie's Off the Rails, then decamped to LA. But she's back, at least for a while, performing in Looking at the Sun, currently running at Smock Alley until tomorrow. And after that, it's in the Civic Theatre Tala from September the 6th to the 10th. Caroline Morhan, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. Uh, welcome back. Though, you're, are you usually back this time of the year anyway? Well, we have been for the last, well, since everything opened up after COVID. Uh, yeah, yeah. But we, we scurried home once we could. Uh, because we took our lockdown very seriously um, in LA and I was pregnant and had a newborn. So it was yeah, so you had to. very intense yeah. uh, in the cave. Oh, so yeah. So they, you, you were there then for like a couple of years nonstop yeah. doing yeah. the whole thing. Yes, it was bananas. Oh, gosh. In LA in general, did people take it seriously? It was amazing the difference, the different people completely. It's sort of like, and I don't even want to go down the political road, right. but the, the how it split people down the middle and, and friendships ended with people because some some just didn't take it seriously at all and would put other people at risk and then other people were very vigilant. We were on the extreme cautious end of things and we really didn't do anything. But we were lucky because we had space, we could be outdoors. So it wasn't, Mm. it was actually kind of an idyllic COVID situation for us in many ways for that reason. Okay, that's nice. Yeah. And then my mom actually got stranded uh, at the very, when it all kicked off, my mom was in Los Angeles visiting for just a couple of weeks and it ended up becoming four months. Like I went down, (laughs) it was incredible. I went down to, you know, the city hall equivalent to have her visa extended because I said, I'm, I, I can't have my mother travel. It was so unknown. It was so frightening. And so we got her visa extended. And while she was there, I discovered that I was expecting. So it was magical to oh, have her there. Oh, that's really lovely. Yeah. yeah. And also then from the point of view that I had like horrific morning sickness, I probably wouldn't have eaten or, or done anything had she not been there yeah. mammying me. Okay. Well, so that number one or number two that you That found? was number two. Yeah. Okay. So I had a seven-month-old baby, and yeah. then was the, the the next little pixie was yeah. on the way. Okay, God, that's <laughs> that's fairly short. Because I, as I understand, the first there was a few rounds of IVF uh, uh, for for number one. Yeah, they're both little miracle yeah. babies. Yeah. We had been going down the road of IVF, and I was told essentially that I was barren and not to bother. And I was in an IVF clinic about to start a round um, when they just. The, literally the doctor was doing an examination and I saw like you're looking for multiple follicles mm. in the hopes that you'll be able to harvest multiple eggs and we just saw one black spot on the on the monitor and she said that's not a follicle that's an embryo and I was like what are you saying and she goes you're pregnant and I was like why is she saying that is she rehearsing what she will say when it happens mm. we just couldn't believe it so we'd become pregnant naturally um, oh. And yeah, a little stowaway. <laughs> that's that's it's funny because for your your uh, I don't know which pregnancy it was, but there seemed to be many instances where doctors were kind of wrong. Uh, in in that when your waters broke, they sent you home again. Yes. but actually your waters had broken. Do you and know, you think that's like a pretty basic thing for a doctor I to know, know? I know, and this whole process has been really educational for me in terms of my own intuition about things because I I lost so much confidence in that fertility process and it's such a hard journey for so many people and I kind of almost became an endocrinologist myself studying mm. everything and trying to work it out but um yeah like I was in that 
the, the doctor was going, there's a less than 15% chance of this ever happening for you. And I just basically said, I'm going to stop you there. Enough with that. Yeah. Let's just look at what we can do. And I was sitting there unbeknownst to everyone pregnant at the time. Huh. You know, so. That's nuts. Yeah. I, there's not a day go by that goes by that I'm not just unbelievably grateful and in awe of the whole thing. Mm. You know? And congratulations to you now being Thank a granddad. Um, the, I mean, it's the greatest uh, um, cliche, I suppose. But having kids puts your job into perspective. It is the greatest cliche for a reason because it's absolutely true. Mm. I I was so nervous for such a long time about, you know, becoming a parent and, you know, I was late to the game with it. And I absolutely love it. I am in a state of bliss. And it's this is the this play that I'm doing now is the is my first toe in the water. Literally feel like I've come out of a, a cave mm. because it's just been, I've just been nuzzling the two of them nonstop 24 hours a day. So it was very nerve wracking to see, uh, can I re-emerge into adult life and converse with people beyond the realm of Elmo? <laughs> you know, does my brain still work? Will yeah. I be able to remember lines? Things like that. Because you're, honest to God, your mind just becomes so adult. Yeah. Which I'd read about, but I... <laughs> It was a bit of a <laughs> shocker. Like I'd be halfway through a sentence and I'd be like, I can't remember the word for that. And it would never come. Yeah. You know? Were you able to remember lines? That hasn't been a problem. OK, that's good. Thankfully. That, uh, thankfully, <laughs> that, would be, that would be a relief. So uh, what, what is the play about? Oh, the play is... Now, the the such... writer is American or lives in the States. Is she, that, is yes, yes, Emily uh, Bohannon is our playwright. She is American. She's from Texas and she has written an absolute corker of a play that is very much a send up of American culture, of all of us as well. You know, you know many things are touched upon. But she has been here for the rehearsal process. She and the uh, theatre company About Face, which is a husband and wife team, Anna and Paul Nugent, they met years ago in New York and struck up a great friendship and they've been friends for many years. And Emily has since, you know, won awards for her, her writing and she came up with this play and brought it to them. So this is the world premiere and it's it's an absolute ride. It reminds me actually of like a 1970s farce. Like mm. it's sort of like an American faulty towers. It is madcap bananas and like one door opens, another door shuts. People are popping in all over the place. Uh, so it's been it's been like a, a fitness endurance <laughs> sort of thing for me. I am like my body has shrunk in half since I've been doing this play because it is just relentless. But we are we skip into the theatre every night, just delighted to bring it to audiences. And they are when like when we're taking our bows at the end of the night, the, the shining eyes and the laughter. It's just such a tonic after two years of being like a recluse, basically. Yeah. And is this your first gig since, you know, after, you know, it is from really, the cave? It really. is really. I've done bits and pieces. I actually I did. So, I've done a lot of remote stuff. I did a play. My sister Olivia is a playwright and she put something up in Smock earlier this year. And myself and a good friend, Alan Smith, an Irish actor who's based in Los Angeles, we recorded our our contribution from Los Angeles. It was projected into the theatre with a live single actress there. Mm. And so there have been things like that and other recordings and stuff. But this is my first time to a packed house in a theatre where there's just a giddiness and a mischief yeah. in the air because everyone's just so delighted to be out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but didn't you do, haven't you done a movie? It was not out yet, a movie with Sharon Stone and Andy Garcia. That's ages ago. Oh, yeah, right. That was like pre-COVID, ago. was it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was great crack. Um, that was shot over in uh, Romania, actually, my contribution to that. Oh. Yes. Um, 
what an experience that was, actually. And and Sharon was fabulous. And and Andy was lovely. They were lovely. You know, we had had a good crack on that one. Yeah. Were they in Romania with you? Yeah. 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 And what was so, filming in Romania a bit odd? Um, it well, no, the crews were fantastic. Every yeah. bit as professional as anywhere. Um, it, it was a wonderful experience, and they were they were very generous as actors. Like you know the. I had a, an opportunity to do a bit of improv and stuff with them. And I was hired on that. I played the part of an American TV host and the uh, director had seen my actual hosting, mm. like my right, pre- okay. pre- presenting stuff um, through a casting director. And he was like, can you do an American accent? I was like, of course. Like, what would I be doing here if I can't? Because mm. I don't look Irish, so I don't get brought in really for yeah. Irish. And when I do get called in for Irish, they then go, could you do this role instead? I'm like, for God's sake, we don't all have freckles. and like, We don't come in doing a jig. But that's what they perceive. But they probably don't like your accent because it's an actual Irish accent. They don't right? like yeah. authentic accents. You're absolutely no. right. You're absolutely right. They they don't know what... Like, I remember being at a screening of Bridesmaids and when Chris O'Dowd came out, silence fell over the whole <laughs> place because they were going what is that guy doing? What's what's happening? What is that? And I'm like, that's an authentic accent you're hearing. That's, he's from Boyle and that's how people sound. You yeah, know? it's mad. When you first went over there, like did, did what she had done uh, uh, previously in Ireland, did that, how much did that count for? Did it count at all? Because, you know, you're in a completely different country, like, you know, big deal here. And then you go over there and they go, well, we don't care what you did. In well, RTE, it counted in some ways and in some ways it didn't. Like I got a lot of, um, I made a lot of great contacts and people took me seriously because over there, they, it's not a meritocracy at all that they're very interested in. Like the fact that I had such a, a press presence that was very interesting to them. Right. That people wanted to know what I was doing and all that kind of thing. And and also there is um, a lot of the casting directors, there's an immediate respect, which is interesting because there's an immediate respect for Irish and British actors because they they believe that we have a work ethic, which we do, mm. um, that might be absent in some other really? arenas. And it's interesting because Irish people are great at, at talking themselves down and making little of our accomplishments and, and who we are and what we bring to the table. But other people think we're great. <laughs> Over here we're like, ah, no, sure we can't, we're not up to that, you know, but... Um, oh no, it's much easier to be Irish outside Ireland a yes, lot of the time. Yes, yeah. so there, there was an immediate sort of respect as being an, an Irish person, um, you know, with our history of storytelling and all of that. Mm. Um, but actually, if I had it all over again, I don't... I kind of went over there and I was almost, oh, I can't really be playing the the TV presenter card because I wanted to delve completely into acting. Yeah. And I had this, I made things much more difficult on myself because I had this notion of I won't be taken seriously if I, you know, all this kind of worrying about what other people would think, you know. And now looking back, I'm like, I should have just been more relaxed about the whole thing like the, that whole move was very stressful because it you know it was a complete career change and I mm. thought I needed to distance myself yeah was it, a, was, you, was it a struggle at the start is it you know and many it kind of an anxiety oh completely because we didn't know anybody I went over with my husband who was then my boyfriend and mm. we barely knew each other 
like we had only met. <laughs> well, that worked out then. <laughs> it did work out, but the whole thing was a gamble. Mm. You know, we had met. Actually, this is today is the anniversary of us meeting 15 years oh, ago. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> and, and thank you, Gavin, for reminding me, by the way. And I haven't even spoken to my husband about it. But um, so we... We met now, early September, and we went over to LA for a long weekend in, I think it was like February or March. And I just, my eyes lit up. I just loved the energy of the place. Mm. And I just sort of said to him on the way home on the plane, you know, I could live there. And by the October, we had, like I'd, you know, moved out of my place and everything. And we just went and we didn't know what was going to happen. So it was hugely stressful because... We, I knew one friend that I'd been in DCU with and hadn't seen really since then. Mm. And that was it. Didn't know a soul and didn't know how the business worked. Didn't have even really a showreel to speak of in terms of acting. Mm. It was more I had this feeling in my waters, as mm. they say, that it's what I wanted to be doing. And I didn't know if I had the chops to do it. So I had to kind of discover all of that. So I went straight into classes and study and a lot of study. I just went, I kind of went deep into that and um, and it was a wonderful growth period for me. And what's the what would be generally speaking the balance that that you've been doing between stage and and screen work? It's completely a mix of all, Mm. you know, um, at that point, like I was still going back a lot and doing things like and I I tried to keep it under the radar that I was there. Um, but of course it's Ireland so yeah, you course. know yeah. it was got out very quickly but I came home to host a few or to present a few shows like I came back and did Podge and Raj and I came back and did a bananas um, plastic surgery expose kind of um, show mm. where you know the, the remit of the show was more leaning towards plastic surgery but they hired me so I'm like well you're not going to get that lean from me so I rewrote the entire script yeah um, to make it more balanced about mm. you You look perfect Demetra why would you mm. be doing that you know so I was kind of going back and forth a lot and um, and then I think my first big experience actually they all there were it was in tandem so to answer your question in a roundabout way theatre film television I've done equal amounts of the three yeah. and, and voice work as well. I'm going to ask you, uh, arguably offensive, uh, have you had any work done? I haven't had any yeah. work done. Uh, yeah, because is there pressure? Like, you don't need it. Let me just hasten to add thank that. Thank you. Uh, uh, but, but is there pressure to get that done? I, there isn't in my world. Mm. Um, no, I mean, and also like even the body thing, I feel a lot more comfortable about being the shape and size that I am because I'm not thin you know and I've never been thin except for once after a really bad food poisoning episode (laughs) (laughs) but um, I feel a lot more comfortable about all of that but certainly in certain arenas you you do need to look a particular way yeah but um, it's not something I've ever come up against really and Mm. I think Okay, well, that's because you have. We all have this cliched notion that there would be tremendous pressure on actors, but particularly women, to look a certain way and etc. Yeah, I maybe I'm naive, but I do think there's a tiny bit of a change in the water. I think now the more European television that are on all the streaming channels now, yeah. um, American networks are starting to see people represented as human beings and fallible and not because it's a joke. Like if you look at the crime shows, a lot of crime shows, you know, they're 23 year old gym bunnies and they're supposed to be the head of the CIA. Like that still is, 
definitely <laughs> going on. And yeah. like shows that I've done, you know, How You Look is definitely currency. But also, I think, there, I feel like there is a little bit of a change. But sure, for... for Is that because of Me Too and that kind of thing as well, would you think? I think there's involvement in many areas happening. I think Me Too is part of it. Mm. I think women um, standing up and saying enough is enough is part of it. I mean, we have a very long way to go. Yeah. And still, you know, everyone that's hitting the red carpet of the Oscars will have had everything done to themselves and 75 colonic irrigations that morning. And you know what I mean? <laughs> why, do you think, why do people have that done? What's the point of it? <laughs> well, just it's all about being as fresh faced and thin as possible. OK. And a caloric irrigation will... This is TMI now, especially yeah. after the lads you just had in eating yeah. chili. Yeah. The ring of fire okay. all right. is, is yeah. real. Yeah, okay. That's, that's, that's. And do, do you like it there? Because it, it, it seems very, very different to here. I love it. I absolutely love it. I love our lifestyle. I love our friends. I love the... Everything's there on your doorstep at any moment of the day. You can go do experience. And for me... Uh, again, back to cliches, weather is a big thing for me. Yeah, I, yeah. I like heat. Mm. I love that. And now, but I think part of why I love it so much is because we do come home and we make concentrated time to be home. Like now, we had this trip booked long before this play came along. Yeah, yeah. That I'm doing. And it just so happened that the play, the rehearsals began two or three days after we landed and the play we leave a few days after the play closes and that just happened to land like that. But it's our goal until schools or whatever else gets in the way to spend long chunks at home here with our families so everybody gets proper time with us, with the children and our children have their Irishness dialed up, you know, so that they are part of the mix and all of those things will be part of who they are. We'll obviously instill it in them ourselves Mm in the house but I think it's important like just to have that and have exposure to that It Could it be a thing though there's a certain point at which you will say well are we going to send them to an Irish school or an American school there's a point at which they'll start to develop American accents well might that be points at which you'll consider what way you're going to go in the the future I've been talking to so many people since I've been home about that and I I'm kind of taking it as it comes and we'll see. Uh, mm. Like we're both, my husband and I are very happy. The children are very happy and we have a beautiful mix of both. And that's kind of how we would like to be going forward. I don't, we don't have any concrete plans of coming back to live in Ireland permanently. Mm. Uh, I, it's just, it's the, the, that's not what we want right now, but it may be. And I'm okay with that. He and I are very flexible and we both check in with ourselves and what's working best for us now. And at the moment, this model of of being there, but coming back and doing things and doing projects as well. Like it's mm. wonderful to be working with in Ireland with Irish people. Um, it, I think it's a really good balance for us. But who knows, really? And yeah. here, like I could book a show that could take us to Canada. You know what I mean? You don't know that we sort of just have to be open and flexible. Yeah. Given where you live, do you consider yourselves, uh, I'm obviously you're Irish, but like, uh, uh, do you live in America or do you live in California? And uh, <laughs> the, you know what I mean? The reason why I'm yeah. asking that, because it's, there's so many parts of it that are so different. Yes. Yeah. No, we live in California. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of big swaths of the, of the country that I would happily just 
gloss over and not even consider. But yeah, no, it's where we are is it's a very different reality, our day to day reality. We're for the most part surrounded by open minded, educated, Mm. informed people. Yeah. And uh, but we mix with all kinds of people like we, you know, we've got lots of international friends, American friends, Irish friends. But for sure, yeah, it's it's and it, it doesn't take too long when you drive out of L.A. for the radio stations to become very extreme, mm. even in mm. the O.C. Orange County. Yeah. You know, and things to get very, very white and that none of that appeals to me. So we we stay <laughs> where yeah. we're comfortable. And when you live, do people get the sense of humor? Can you slag people without them getting offended about it? Well, sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. I found that the the New Yorkers, the East Coasters do. They're more yeah, maybe yeah. it's about proximity to yeah. <laughs> the longitude line. <laughs> I'm not sure. But I did notice that my own like I was kind of dulling my own wit. Like you need to come home mm. to get that back because yeah. it's honed in the schoolyard here and it's just how people communicate and it's not like they're very over polite. And so if you say something like I often have to follow up with, you know, I'm joking. Right. Well, I have to go kidding. So they know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that is a real thing. But that's one of the bonding things for so many of the friends we have is is sense of humor. But it's an issue because like one of my dear friends who is from um, San Francisco, like she actually she was like, Caroline, I get a bit of anxiety when you and and your Irish friends get together because I. I don't know. Like, are they, do they mean this? I, you know, and I had to be kind of going, God, yeah, like she, you know, we're just ribbing each other and jiving and she's kind of smiling and feeling a little bit intimidated about yeah. it all. So I was like, oh God. <laughs> so did start swinging uh, at any minute. We have to leave it there. In fact, uh, we had to dump another item because I was just enjoying myself oh. talking to you. So uh, apologies <laughs> to that person. Caroline, thanks a million for coming in uh, to talk to us today. Uh, just to remind you that uh, the uh, looking at the sun, it's currently in the smock alley until tomorrow, then Civic Theatre Teller from September the 6th to the 12th. Caroline Warren, thanks a million. You are listening to the Moncrief show. What? 6th of the 10th. 6th of the 10th. Yeah, did I get that wrong? Sorry, 6th of the 10th. Right. Okay, she corrected me. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.